0: As you can tell, I am not Pastor Stephen. I'm a little taller. (laughs) Um, If we haven't had the privilege of meeting, my name is Tim Summers, and I get the honor and privilege of being the youth pastor here at Elevation. I love saying that, Chunks, because you can see like 30% of the room timid, like, oh, here's this guy, the youth pastor. Look at that blonde hair. Is he forcing it? No, I've had it for years, okay? Um, But I would be remiss if I didn't honor this house and honor our pastors. How many of you have ever heard the parable of the sower? Anyone ever heard this, right? uh, When the farmer throws the seed... Um, He throws it on like four different areas, right? You've got the rocky place, the thorny place, the shallow place, but then there's that good soil where that seed takes root and then it multiplies a hundredfold. How many of you know that you got a good soil church and a good soil pastor? Hey, you can find a leader anywhere. You can find a leader anywhere. There's millions of leaders, but you know what's incredible about our pastors is they are incredible stewards incredible stewards and so can we give it up for our pastors pastor steven pastor holly the entire family grandma elijah abby we love you i believe that this is the greatest move of god in our generation i wholeheartedly believe that 100 i say that without a doubt okay so look at your neighbor and say i believe that too even if you don't you're gonna say it even if you don't you're gonna say it um, you could take a seat. I wanted to uh, show you my family real quick because I, I, I know um, a lot of you haven't been back um, since COVID, so you don't even know who I am. And so that's totally fine. I want you to put my beautiful family out there real quick. Okay, let's look at this. Um, you, you see the big, the big man? No, not me, the other one. That's my 15-year-old son yeah, I know what you're thinking. Wow. He has a 15 year old son. He does not look that old. Um, thank you. That's Brody. And uh, he, he is bigger than me. Like he's not as tall as me, but he's got more muscle mass than me. And so pray for me because my ego has been a for two years. Um, and then you see the one with the smug face. That's Genesis, our five-year-old. And imagine everyone's energy combined in this room. He has more than that. And he's not saved. I'm serious. Like, Drini, I'm for real. Thank you, God, for eKids kids volunteers. I'm just praying one day to get that text. And then my littlest one, Lainey Dior Klein. I tell you his full name because it means small golden servant and he's the only one with blonde hair. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know that's what it meant, but that's exactly what it means. Small golden servant, that's my that's my little guy. And then my beautiful wife, um, Rebecca. And she really is so beautiful. And, um, she, she's, uh, our online campus pastor. She, she works here as well. So we carry that mantle, uh, together. Um, but you know what's really amazing? Um, you know, she does a lot of cool stuff. She really does. She's, she's brilliant. She's bright. She's phenomenal. Um, she does, she goes above and beyond, but, um, just put that picture up there real quick. Oh, nice. There it goes. Um, <laughs> the most incredible thing is how, Um, she has brought to life those three boys right there and um, uh, she she said let's do it again and so we're having our first girl in September are you serious I got a girl I don't know how but it worked I was like oh my goodness it's just going to be boys just a bunch of deodorant and that's it that's all we need we got our first girl, and, and she's due September 15th. And so people keep asking me, are you done? And I keep saying, we'll pray about it. So we're praying about it. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. How many of you are ready for the Word, all right? You ready for the Word? Good, you're ready. You're ready. I'm ready for the Word. really believe that God wants to speak to you um, today. Acts 12, Acts 12, and if you brought your Bibles, make sure you open it up. If not, we were thinking about you all week. We were praying for you. We love you. We got it prepared, ready for you on the screens. Acts 12, verse 1, this is what it says. It says, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews... He proceeded to seize Peter also. Let me remind you something real quick, everyone. Most times, the need of approval for men precedes bad intentions. We only two verses in, homies, and we learning something. Okay. And this happened during the festival of unleavened bread, and after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to the guard by four squads of four soldiers. If you know how to do math, four times four is? And Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church. Everyone say, but the church. church. Remember when uh, Pastor preached on but God? Tell your neighbor, say, you got a role to play in this too. You got a role to play in this too. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him, and the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up, and he said, quick, get up. Look at that, a light, an alarm clock, and a swift kick to the kidneys. That's how you wake up a teenager. (laughs) The Bible's got everything, okay? I saw it in the Bible, sweetheart. This is what you're supposed to do. He said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off of Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Let me stop right there. Because sometimes you are free before you even know it. He was freed. He went through a prep season. He went through the journey. And some of you might be looking at the situation that you're in right now, and you're thinking, ah, God's got me in a prep season. I'm here to remind you, he's also got you in a free season. You're in a free season. So they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt, that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Verse 12, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Last two verses. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. I've heard so many preachers preach on that verse right there, verse 16. And I'm not going to do that today. I want to focus on verse 11. This is what it says in verse 11. Then Peter came to himself. I love the New Living Translation. It says, "Then Peter came to his senses." He came to his senses. If I were to title this, I would title it Come to Your Senses. Come to your senses. Come to your senses. Um, I was showing you my family earlier because uh, I, I really wanted to kind of set up this story here, and I wanted you to be able to see the difference between my 15-year-old and my five-year-old. It's kind of self-explanatory, but he is bigger than most 15-year-olds. And um, here's the deal. I don't know if you have boys, how many parents we have in the house today, Okay, fantastic! You're going to relate to this. Um, um, if, if if you have boys, you understand that wrestling is an event <laughs> in our in our home. Okay, it always happens, but it has to be an event. It has to be a big deal. So we move the ottomans out of the way. We put pillows on everything. We lay down four blankets. I mean, it's a whole ordeal. Even in fact, um, uh, uh, Genesis had learned has learned about Alexa, and he's like. Um, Alexa, play rock music. <laughs> and literally, it's like the rock music. You know what I mean? Like it's just like his theme song to come out to wrestle. Now, here's the deal about Genesis. Um, Genesis thinks that he can beat Brody every single time. No, I'm serious. Every time he thinks he can beat Brody, he's got more confidence than LeBron. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think about that beforehand. But he's got a lot of confidence, okay? He's very arrogant, but it's cute right now. You know, like when does that grow, when do you grow out of that? I don't know. But it's cute, and here's the deal. He's got a lot of confidence, and he thinks he can be brody every single time. And, and we have a rule in the house that if you hurt Genesis, you then have to wrestle dad. That's just a rule. It's just a rule, okay? Just a rule. But they wrestle all the time. Well, after every time they wrestle, tell me if I'm lying, after every time they wrestle, Brody never lets him win. Ever. I mean, it doesn't matter. He will always take the win. Okay, it's okay. He's 15, right? He's going through his, you know, hormones and egos and all that kind of stuff. He's learning about pride. It's fine, but he will never let him win. He ain't gonna let him get a win whatsoever. And and and, and one day, um, my Genesis came up to me. He's like, Dad, Brony never lets me win. He never lets me win. I can never get a win, Dad. And I'm like, I'm like teaching my son. I'm like, look, he's got long hair. Pull it. I'm like, look, he's so proud of his leg hair, pull it. <laughs> you do whatever you gotta do to win. I'm not kidding you. Do I do this, babe? I swear, I do. I'm like on this guy's side. I just want him to win, you know? But I like when they wrestle because it toughens him up, okay? It toughens him up. It's, it's, it's fine uh, to me. And, 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 and one day, Genesis comes down. He goes, dad, Brody hurt my elbow. And I went, well, we know we have a rule for that, don't we? He goes, "Mm -hmm. yeah, what's the rule, dad? I guess it's time for me to wrestle Brody. He's like, Brody, you got to wrestle, dad. Brody comes down, you know, like he's like, all right, let's do this. You know, he's like, I've been waiting for this. I'm like, yo, okay." 20 seconds later, had him tapping out. Now, I'm not here to boast about any of that. I'm 32, he's 15, you know. It's not like he's bigger than me or anything like that. Um, we'll move on past that. But it was funny, because afterwards, it kind of hit his pride a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it hit his pride. He, like, I look tall, but I am look scrawny, okay? I know I'm lanky, all right? I know I'm like KD, okay? And I get it, I get it. And And it's, and it's fine. But you see... Brody underestimates this thing, and I like to call it the sixth sense. It's that dad strength. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you become a dad, it's like, yeah, nothing can stop me. Like, it, watch, boy. What, I, I don't care. 20 seconds, I have you. Boom. How do you like that? He's like, Dad, I got it. Okay, okay. I'm tapping. I'm tapping. I said, No, you're not. You're talking. You ain't tapping. I'm tapping, Dad. I'm tapping. And I looked at him, and, and something that Brody always says to Genesis is like, hey, bud, you can't win them all. <laughs> so, man, I was ready. You thought that getting him to tap out was a big deal for me? I was like, no. Nah. Hey, Brody. He's like, what, Dad? He wasn't crying, but he's like, yeah? What's up? I said, hey, you can't win them all, big dog. <laughs> A great moment, and then Genesis comes up. He's like, Hey Brody, guess you just gotta roll with the punches. (laughs) I was like, What? Roll with the punches? Like, but I thought to myself, Man, that's so true. You never know what life's gonna hand you, right? And sometimes you just gotta learn how to. Roll with the punches. Have you ever heard this phrase before? Your parents ever tell you this? But like, yeah, I didn't make the team. Like, yeah, man, I know. Just got to roll with the punches, right? You just got to roll with the punches. Have you ever been in a season where you feel like all you're doing is rolling with the punches? I'm like, I'm done getting punched. I'm not Floyd Mayweather. I ain't built for this. You know what I'm saying? Right? Or maybe you feel like you're in a season that you just can never get a win at all. You feel like Genesis, I just can't get a win. Can I just get a win today? I I, I feel for my guy Peter in this passage. In fact, in every passage when I read about Peter, Peter is-I mean, he is learning something every single time. Like, literally, the passages are littered. With teaching moments, right? You've got him learning how to walk on water from the place of drowning, right? He denies Christ not once, not twice, but three times, right? And now in this passage, you see him seized, you see him arrested, you see his friend James die, you see him put it, be put into prison, you see him guarded by sixteen soldiers, and now you see him about to be put on trial. This is, a big, this, is a, this is a big deal, and you're saying, how does this relate to me? Well, I don't know. Maybe you're going through your second divorce. Maybe for you, you, you're dealing with this addiction for the last 10 years that you thought you would never still be dealing with. Maybe you're walking in every Friday, and you're living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, and you thought man, I thought this was going to be over. When when are when are we going to get to the other side? When is it going to get better? Have you ever been there before? Have you ever asked questions like this? Like, God, what's happening? I feel like I can't win at all. And I'm just rolling with the punches. And I'm looking at Peter and I'm like, man, there's some things that we can learn from Peter because Peter had a lot of teaching moments. He went through a lot of stuff. But you know what? You know how good this man was at rolling with the punches? This is a, this is a this is a big deal because Peter's got doubts, he's got questions, he's got confusion. Have you ever had doubts? Have you ever had questions? Have you ever been confused? Ooh, but Peter's so good at rolling with the punches. So, how do I begin to roll with the punches? Do I have what it takes? Can I go through this again? Is what I need actually inside me? Here's what I believe that verse five, everyone say five. Five. Verse five is a great starting point. And it would be considered my first point. Okay? If you want to be able to roll with the punches, you have to remember the church. Remember the church. Verse five, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. This is important because he's he's intensely seeking after God. When's the last time that you intensely sought after God? Was it two minutes ago or did you miss it? When's the last time that you intensely sought after God? This is why I got into youth ministry, and this is why I love youth ministry, because we are teaching teenagers how to earnestly seek after God at a young age, right? So that, so that when life throws them punches, they can go back to the positive influences, the positive experiences that have happened in their life and go, you know what? I'm prepared for this. I, I'm, I'm ready for this. So we're creating those moments and shameless plug right here for real. Like if your kid is not going to YouthX, what are you doing? Right? Like YouthX, this is our summer camp. If you don't know anything about it, July 13th through the 15th is $200, but we got financial aid available and, 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 and literally this entire room, we will have 2,000 teenagers earnestly seeking after God. So, go to youthx22.com and register. But here's the deal. For real, I will, I will have parents come up to me, and they're like, Well, I'm going to let my kid decide if they want to go. And I'm like, Okay, would you let your kid walk in a highway with a blindfold on? No. So, why do we keep our kids till 18, but we stop parenting them at 15? Why do we, why do we do this? Now, look, look, look. Hey, I'm fairly new at the parenting thing. So, so I, I, I want you to understand, like, I'm learning even right now on how to help them make their decisions, right? But here's what I'm going to let you know. I'm going to make it easy for you. Just say it's my fault. Just say it's my fault. Well, youth pastor Tim told me to sign you up for camp. He, he's your youth pastor. He's my youth pastor. So I got to do it. Just do it. We on the same team, let's rock it. Take them over. Tag team. We know how to do this. We make it so hard, right? I think, it's, I think it's amazing. A couple thousand teenagers will earnestly seek God and we'll be able to watch it right there in July. And 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 you know what's wild? Why do we do it? Because it's important. Why why do we do it? Because it's vital. Why why do we do it? Because the church is the bride of Christ, and if you say you love Jesus, you can't hate the church. You see, the church is a community. Everyone say, we we are the church. Ultimately, my shameless plug is reminding you that you have to remember the church. The truth of the matter is we will forget the importance of the church and try to use it like jewelry and not like oxygen only just to enhance our life when the reality is that the church was meant to be life. It was meant to be life. And can I be honest with you? For some of you, church used to be a lifestyle. And then the punch of COVID came. And you've inched your way out of serving. You've walked your way out of groups. And you roll yourself out of bed maybe one time a month. Instead of four times in a month. Let me tell you something. If we forget the power of the church, whoo, You think we're in trouble now? Oh, we're gonna be in big trouble then. And this is this is important because we gotta be careful. That's the opposite of earnestly seeking after God. And you can't get upset with me because this is what I believe. You know what I mean? Like, like, look, like, like, like. If you're not vocal about it and it ain't visible, then it ain't a value. Then it, it ain't a value. You, you're saying, oh, kids, yeah, church is a value. Well, mom, why are we only go once every six weeks? <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Like, and, and here's the deal I get it. I understand. Like, I joke, you know, you are on staff. I'm like, yeah, but there's some times where EFAM, just feels like, yes, this is what I want to be today, right? And I live 10 minutes away, and I'm like, well, maybe, right? I'm not here to shame you. I'm here to let you know that, look, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very new at this, trying to make decisions for yourself, trying to make, help your teenagers make decisions for them. But what you've got to understand is you cannot forget the power of the church. That's why it says, remember the church, because when you look at verse 12— After Peter gets out of prison, where's the first place that he goes? He goes to Mary's house. It is said that the church was meeting at Mary's house. And it was midnight. That means it was like e-group time or summer camp, you know? I don't know if any e-groups meet at midnight. That'd be weird. Um, Right? Like, he remembered, he knew the church was praying for him. And the first thing that he does goes to the church. He had remembered the church, which leads me to my second point. If you wanna roll with the punches, you gotta remember the church. And number two, you gotta remember your humanity. So if we all need the first point, the church, we all have the second point, our humanity, right? Our humanity. It says in verse seven, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell and he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up and the chains fell off of his wrist. What would you be thinking in that moment? That's wild, right? Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And Peter followed him out of the prison. That's crazy, right? I'd have some questions. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. See, he's confused. Then it goes on to say, he thought he was seeing a vision. No, it wasn't a vision. He's confused. He's got some doubt. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city, open for them by itself. (laughs) By itself? He's confused. he's, He's wondering, how is this all happening? And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him right do you have some questions at this point if you are peter in this story right like the amount of questions the amount of anxiety the amount of doubt the amount of worry and maybe even the amount of pause had to feel make peter feel that he was out of control and i look at this passage and i'm like why can't i get a step by step playbook on life you know what i'm saying i'm like what the heck it's like pastor holly talked about last week about the whole you know uh, heaven out you know what i mean why can't i get a step-by-step playbook on what this looks like i can't get out of a parking violation but this homie's getting a first-class ride out of prison you know like this is wild to me right but he's got questions he's got questions you know what's interesting is that angels will do things for people that people can't do for themselves Okay, you don't believe me based off of that clap, all right? The angel made Peter's chains fall off, but he told Peter to put his clothes and sandals on all by himself. The angel led Peter through the, the locked doors past the vigilant guards and through an iron gate, but he still expected Peter to walk on his own two feet. The angel took Peter down one street only and then left him alone to use his own wits. Don't expect angels to do for you what you can do for yourself. You can't. Right? Jesus raised Lazarus for only he could do that. And then he said, all, all you other people, you gotta loose him and let him go. Jesus gave life to Jairus' daughter. And then he said, now give her something to eat. Right? This is, this, this is very, very important for us to understand this passage. And I want you to see yourself in Peter. He had all the same questions, all the same doubts, all the same worries, all the same confusion. And Peter got it wrong. He got it wrong. He got it wrong. If the Bible was written now, it might be saying that Peter failed. He got it wrong. This is interesting to me because in the Christian life, a lot of times we think we can't fail. We can't get it wrong. Well, when I read about Peter, homie got it wrong. He thought he was seeing a vision. No, it's a miracle, right? It's a miracle. And then verse 11 comes around. It says, then Peter came to himself and said, now I know… Without a doubt. Everyone say, without a doubt. Can you think of a time when you experienced without a doubt? Think about it. Without a doubt. Right? That's a different kind of statement. And This is what you have to remember. Reflection discovers more of heaven and of God in the great moments of our lives than what was visible to us while we were actually living through them. I'm going to say it again. Reflection discovers more of heaven and of God in the great moments of our lives than what was visible to us while we were actually living through them. You know what without a doubt can mean with faith? With faith or with full assurance of faith. If you don't believe me, Hebrews 11.1, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of things unseen, aka without a doubt, right? Because doubt deals with you. That's why the letter U is in the middle of it. Faith deals with the great I am, right? This this is interesting because the question isn't, can you live without a doubt? No, we already know that because Peter said so. He said, now I know without a doubt. So you can live like that. Now I know without a doubt. The question is, do you know how to identify without a doubt? Huh? Do you know how to identify it? Without a doubt? Okay. Okay. Let's try this. If, if everyone in the room, everyone watching online, if it can, and if it's safe, and if you're capable and you're comfortable, can, can you just stand up? It's crazy how long it takes y'all to do that. <laughs> like, it's fine. I'm not, uh, it's just getting like crazy. Like, wow, okay. <laughs> okay. You ready? Are you ready? Okay take a seat <sighs> did you feel it did you did you did you feel it did you did you did you see it? Not for one second did you think that that chair wasn't going to hold you up? Not for one second did you think, I don't know if I should sit here, I don't know if it's going to hold me up here. No, you're like, take a seat. What is this youth pastor doing? (laughs) And you took a seat. Not for one second did you worry about it. If that chair is going to hold you and you believe that without a doubt and with full assurance of faith, yep, this chair is going to hold me. Well. Then why don't we look at the creator of the universe in the middle of our dark times, in the middle of our valley, and we start questioning him. Like, God, why am I here? Why did you choose me? Why did I have to go through this? What? What? How is this going to happen? Look, it's not about strong faith or weak faith. It's not about which one's better than the other. You all have faith you just might be putting it in the wrong things. Because the reality, Chunks, is that, look at me, without a doubt, only happens in hindsight. No, that's good. That's from the Lord, not me. Without a doubt, only happens in hindsight. Look at, at the passage. Look at the passage. Right? This is, this is interesting because it says in verse 12, he goes to the house of Mary and this only happens because he came to himself. Because he came to his senses. Right? Be, be, because he had looked back at all the things that had happened. Right? He looked at the moment that had already passed, all the doubt and the confusion and all that. Because he, then him looking back, he knew now, Without a doubt. After all the confusion, right? Like hindsight's 2020. I'm sorry, I scared y'all. It's 2022. Don't worry. It's okay. Whoa, whiplash just happened. It's like 2020. What did you say? What? I don't wanna go back. I don't wanna go back, God. Why can't I get a win? Right? But when you look back at COVID, there's so many things that you can look back and go, man, if God can get me out of that, he's going to take care of me no matter what happens now. Hindsight is 2020. I, I, I titled this message, Come to Your Senses. And I want you to put that title up real quick. And I want you to, I, I want to let you know that I didn't, they got, they got it. They misspelled it. Do you see the misspelling? Do you do you see it? Do you see what I see? Um, no, no. Okay, it's supposed to be "come to your senses." There it is. Sense. The angel came to prison Peter knew since the chains fell off my wrist Peter Peter knew since everyone say since since he brought me out of prison, now God can do. Since God healed my sickness, since God resurrected my marriage, since God protected me during COVID, since God healed me, since God graced me for this, I know that no matter what comes my way, God has me under his hand. Woo! You got to come to your senses. You got to look back. Woo. You got to come to your senses. I want to remind you, your doubts are not a disqualification of your faith. They're not. Verse 16, it says, but Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. I'll end with this. And the band can start to come out. This leads me to my final point. If you want to learn how to roll with the punches like Peter did, you got to remember the church. You got to remember your humanity. And the final one, you have to remember to keep going it says but peter kept on knocking right peter kept on knocking on the door even after rhoda had answered and then left him low-key dipped on this dude right he kept on knocking when she was getting told she was out of her mind he kept on knocking when they insisted he was dead and that it had to have been an angel Right. This was easy compared to everything else that Peter had been going through. What was a little more knocking at midnight and praying and hoping that there was church people in that one house he just so happened to go to. Side note: Everything starts aligning with the Holy Spirit when you operate in full assurance and without a doubt. It starts to make a lot more sense. I didn't think it was going to happen this way exactly. That's called without a doubt. That's called with full assurance of faith. Let me give you a disclaimer here. Several times the Bible states that belief is an essential step in receiving a positive answer to prayer. It says in Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two, Jesus told the disciples, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Now, this doesn't mean that we can receive anything we want if we were only to have enough faith because 1 John 5, 14 also says, we also must pray according to God's will. So in this case, in this passage, Peter's release is in God's plan. That new Tesla might not be in your new plan. (laughs) Private school might not be the new plan. It it might not be in God's plan for your life. That promotion might not be. It, 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 It might not be for you. But I think it's interesting because even the church who was in Mary's house, had doubts until they kept going to the gate. Remember to keep going, just like Peter kept knocking, the church had to keep going while they were praying in Mary's house to the gate. This wasn't like the front door, it says the outer entrance. So they walking outside in camel stuff. That's doo-doo, camel doo doo. Okay. It's nasty. Right? They, they had to keep going. Look at your neighbor and say, keep going. Keep going. Because your doubts ensure that God gets the credit and glory in the end. Isn't it crazy that the church thought it was Peter's angel that was knocking on the door? They thought he had died and thought it was Peter's angel that was knocking on the door. If we're not careful, we'll believe something even crazier just to not give God the glory. to find a lot of people do I do it I'm like oh my goodness it, this has happened my wife's like no that's that's not right that's not it I'm so grateful for my wife because six years ago we were living in Albuquerque New Mexico and we had just been married for four months and uh, we loved the church that we were at we loved the pastors there loved the city loved the people we thought we'd be there for a whole decade no joke seriously and then Elevation Church opened up their doors for their very first time and a thing called Inside Elevation. And this is the first time that, a, that as like ministry, you could like go there and like learn about all the amazingness of Elevation Church, right? And, and, and I remember I'm getting eight tickets. Little did I know that eight means new beginnings, but I got eight tickets. I don't even know why we didn't have a team. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> eight tickets, I'm getting them. And um. We get the the A tickets, we drive up. The moment we stepped foot on the Lake Norman campus, I knew, oh gosh, this is where we're supposed to plan our family. This is where we're supposed to be. And I might never do full-time ministry again. If I work at Lowe's, I'll be a manager, not like lower level. I'll be a manager. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I'll be a manager and, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I don't know what my wife thinks, you know, like, oh my goodness. We drive home. I get, we, we get home and uh, it's a 26 hour drive, by the way, for a 24 hour event. And um, I'm not saying it was smart. I'm just saying, <laughs> you seen airline prices. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I remember getting, I remember getting home and I said, baby, I got to tell you something, uh, but, I, I, but don't say anything until I'm done. For the next 90 minutes, I began to download everything that God had downloaded to me. After the 90 minutes was done, it's dark in our room. You know, we're just laying in the bed. She goes, (laughs) I said, woman? I'm sorry. Let me start over. Babe, why are you giggling? (laughs) Why are you giggling? I just shared my whole heart. She goes, it's exactly what God told me. I said, really? She's like, yeah. So we start just continue to pray. We start telling people about it, just like our close friends and family. And I remember, I think this is very interesting. I remember that without a doubt, we knew this is where we were supposed to be. Without a doubt. And, and I had to tell them some family members and some friends I had one other person in my life that said, this was a good idea. Everyone else told me I was stupid. Everyone else told me I was crazy. Every single person, except one, outside of my wife, looked at me and said, you're, you're obliterating the ministry you're building. Now I remember looking at my wife and said, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not trying to build my own ministry. I wanna do what God wants to do in my life. I tell you this because the day we're about to resign, I, w- I wake up that morning. I'm already a little nervous about to resign. It's two weeks after that moment. I, I, I reacted immediately. Okay. Some of y'all waiting two years, two weeks, boom. Some of y'all do with two days. Y'all need to pray a little longer. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you should do that yet. The day we were resigning, my wife comes to me right before we leave and she goes, baby. Um, I, need, I need to tell you something. Um, we're pregnant. And I did what the worst thing that you could ever do with your life when your wife tells you that you're pregnant. I leaned back on the, on the tell me I'm lying. I leaned back on the wall. and I fell to the ground, hands on my face. <laughs> and I said this. So does that mean we're not going to North Carolina? (laughs) That's why I keep having so many babies so I can make up for that. (laughs) I remember telling our pastors two weeks later, we picked up, we moved. No job, no place to stay, no nothing. No friends, no family. We had $43 in the account. I remember getting a tweet from LB. He said, hey, I heard you're moving to Charlotte. Love to take you out for lunch. I said, free lunch? Okay. (laughs) I'm in. Lowe's hasn't accepted. Don't know why, but (laughs) Lowe's hasn't accepted. He started to tell me everything about the church. He's like, I think you might be interested in doing this thing. And anyways, it gets to the place where I can interview and be a part of. Elevation Church, and now the rest is history. I've been a part of this staff for for six years, and I plan to be here for the rest of my life. I tell you that story to let you know that even though without a doubt we knew we were supposed to be there, everything afterwards, I was like, did God really say because Walmart says I can't live off of $43. (laughs) Did God really say? And she just kept bringing me back to that 90 minutes where I just downloaded everything. And she said, hey, since he told you this, we know he's going to take care of this. And since he did this, we know he's going to take care of this. With everybody standing for these last few moments, I want you to know that some of you might be in a situation that seems bleak. It seems like you're never going to be able to get out of it. You feel like it's one hit after another. Others of you need to be like the church and go to the gate and look, because something's been knocking, and they're just waiting for you to open the door so you can be astonished. So that you can be amazed, so that you can know without a doubt that God is with you. My favorite statement of all time that pastors ever said while I've been here for the last six years and being under his leadership is the only way to truly fail is to quit. That's the story of Peter. He never failed. You never quit. Every single one of you in this room, congratulations. You're still here. In the midst of the doubt, in the midst of the confusion, the questions, the worry, the pause, you are still here. What does that mean? That since God took care of everything before, even while in the middle of it, it didn't feel like it, he's going to continue to hold you up now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give people the opportunity to come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. You are saying in this moment that without a doubt, now I know God is with me, and I want to make him the center of my life. Not just a priority, but the center of my life. We're going to ask you to pray this prayer, because I believe that there are People all over the world watching online right now and in this room that are saying, you know what? I've questioned, I've worried, I've doubted, but today I remember the church. Today I remember my humanity. I am not God, I am just human. And today I'm going to remember to keep going. I want you to pray this prayer along with me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Come into my life, make me a new creation and I will follow you. All the days of my life, I believe that you died on the cross, you rose from the grave, defeating all sin, feeding all shame, and defeating all doubt. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time or now you're saying, you know what? Nope, I'm coming back to the gate. I'm remembering right now why I gave my life to Christ years ago and you're saying I- I'm rededicating my life. On the count of three, we want you to raise your hand and we're going to celebrate with you. We believe it's the best decision that you could ever make with your life. One, two, three. Hands going up all over the place. Come on, can you shout? Can you get excited? Come on, keep your hand up. If you just gave your life to Christ, you're saying I make it in the center of everything that I do. Amen. Come on, church. Let's earn begin to praise God for who He is. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also help us reach others by investing today at elevationchurch.org give. And thanks again for joining us on the Elevation Podcast.